ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 27 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn about offers, promotions, and more at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Yesterday, I spent a lot of time putting cards into binders. That's right, I got a shipment from ComC in, and that completed a few different sets. In particular, it was some cards I needed to complete the 5th Series Orange Star Wars set, as well as some of the cards that I needed for the Series 1 and Series 3 Empire Strikes Back sets. And so now I have the entire run of Star Wars cards complete from the very first blue series of Star Wars all the way through Empire Strikes Back, all the way through Return of the Jedi. I now have the full run of the original vintage Star Wars cards, and I'm pretty excited about that. I think I'm going to put together a video where I'm kind of going page by page through the binders that I've got them in, kind of showing each one of those runs, each card in those runs, and kind of put them out there um, on YouTube and TikTok but that's, that's a pretty neat one for me that, that I'm going to be holding on to for a long time. W- was able to get some of those cards in different collections over time. Greg from the Rebel Base Card Podcast, he hooked me up with a bunch of his extras that helped fill in some of those sets. I made a big dent on them at the non-sports card show in Chicago in the spring. And then I was able to use ComC2 to fill those out. I've also been listing a lot on Sport Lots this week. Last last week, I picked up a pretty big collection of sealed junk wax era boxes and packs, as well as a couple five rows and some uh, some other boxes uh, with with in card savers of majority of hockey. And so the the there's a little bit of baseball in there. Some vintage '70s baseball was in there too. And the, the wax was, was a mixture of baseball and hockey, but the, the singles, a lot of the singles were hockey. And so I've been, I've been listing all of those on sport lots, getting those out. So I think I've listed from the mid seventies through, um, 81 or 82 at this point. So I've been doing a lot of listing on sport lots as well. That's what my hobby activity has been like in, in the last week or so. Just thought I'd share a little bit about some of the stuff that I've been able to pick up and some of the stuff that I've been able to find. We're going to continue our Super Collector Series today. Today I'm going to be talking with Kent Corser, who has a Ricky Henderson Super Collection. And um, I, I really had a good time having that conversation with Kent. We had never chatted before other than than reaching out a, a couple times on Twitter, but this was the first actual conversation that Kent and I had 
had, and I, I really enjoyed it. And so I think you are going to enjoy it too. We're going to learn more about his Ricky Henderson Super Collection after I tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors that breaks new product almost seven days a week now. They break on, on Facebook, YouTube, and Loop. You can also visit them at their brick-and-mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full selection of wax, singles, supplies. You can even watch some of those breaks live there in the shop. And if you're interested in submitting to SGC, they are an approved group submitter for SGC as well. And you can learn more about that at udogcollect.com as well. But when you check them out, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. We are back with another Super Collector feature. And this week we're talking with Kent Corser about his Ricky Henderson Super Collection. Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being willing to come and chat. I love having these conversations with different people about the players and the collections that they're passionate about. And so it's always good to be able to highlight some of the inspiration behind that. With that, let's go ahead and get into it. Maybe just give me a little bit of a perspective on what is your background in the hobby? So, I mean, for me, it it, it really goes back to 1987. Uh, that's when I started, uh, when my, I, you know, woke up Christmas morning, I was told to stay at the top of the stairs. And I'll never forget when I walked down the bottom of the stairs and turn around and see underneath the tree, there's this brown box. And uh, my excitement was kind of like, why is there a brown box, right? It's not wrapped. It's just loose. Um, and it turns out that ended up being a 1987 Tops complete set. Um, prior to that, I never collected cards. Um, I played, you know, youth baseball. I always liked baseball, but I just, I was never into cards at that point. So for the first time, it was really eye-opening to me, like, oh, you know, what is this first and foremost? And as I started to go through that set, um, I started to collate, you know, the cards by team. I did it by color. I did it by, um, uh, different stats, like, you know, all-star players, of course, I live in Kansas City, so you know I started with the Royals and started to branch out from there. And as I started to go through that set, I really started to notice how many different Ricky Henderson cards there were. Um, and um, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, like this guy must be really good. And that's literally what I said to myself. And and it was kind of a spark went off. Like you know, I live in the Midwest. At that time, Ricky was with the Yankees. Uh, Yankees weren't on TV all the time. Where at that where I could watch them um, and stay up late. Right. Um, so my exposure to him was very, very little. And I'd already missed the first round of Oakland years. Um, so I had at that point in my life, I had no idea he even was an A before the Yankees. Um, and, but from that moment on, and as, as things started to progress, I got very interested in cards very quickly. Um, and, you know, started off with a kind of a small, you know, Royals collection. Frank White was my favorite player, actually. Um, and, of course, everyone around here was, you know, George Brett. And then at that time, Bo Jackson was coming around. So, of course, he was everything. Um, but I always kind of was building this, this you know, uh, fandom, I guess, for, for Ricky. Um, and it, as, I, as I learned more about him, you know, he was born on Christmas Day. My birthday is the day after Christmas. Um, I played left field. I led off for my little league team. I couldn't hit worth a darn, but I was pretty darn fast. So if I got on base, I was going to steal. And so all those factors started to come together. I'm like, dude, like I need to, I need to pay attention to Ricky Henderson. There's like too many similarities going on here. Um, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, and, and, and 
later on, just a few years later, you know, when, when he was traded back to the A's, well, then the A's were always on TV for the playoffs, you know, um, in 89, 90. Um, and so I had a lot more exposure to, to Ricky then just not only on TV, but then I also tried to go to every single game that was, you know, played at Royal stadium at the time. So, um, when I got to see him play, that's when my level of excitement got even more and more and more because he's, he was just that entertainer to me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just fell in love with his swag and the way that he played and, and looked to really enjoy the game. That's really cool. It's amazing how some of those sets when we are early on in our collecting journey really kind of help us solidify who we need to be paying attention to, who are some of those major players. Similar to you, I grew up in central Illinois and my first year collecting was a year before in 1986. And that 86 top set, Pete Rose was one of the featured players, had those first several cards kind of recapping his career and I was like, wow, if he's got this whole subset that's all dedicated to him and he's got a regular card and he's got an all-star card and he's got all of these other things, Pete Rose must be something really important. Now, I never became a Pete Rose super collector, but it was that set that showed me that he was a legendary player in the game. And, and it sounds like Ricky kind of had that same role for you in 1987. That's really cool. Yep. What did you continue collecting solidly throughout your your childhood or kind of what was the point where maybe that that switch flipped where you went beyond being a fan of Ricky Henderson to deciding you were going to super collect Ricky Henderson? So I never stopped, I, you know, to, to this day, I, I've said I've really never taken a break in the hobby from collecting Ricky. Um, obviously, at times of, of my life growing up as a kid, you know, I didn't have the, the money to go buy a whole bunch of stuff. So it was more of piecing things together. It was easy living here in Kansas City um, uh, with not a lot of Royals or sorry, not, not with a lot of Ricky collectors around that when I walked into a card show or I went to, you know, a card store, I was probably the only kid in that day that was asking for Ricky Henderson cards, right? Because um, everyone's asking for Brett, Bo, you know, whatever else. Um, and and so it was easy for me to make deals. It was easy for me to make trades and or buy Ricky super, super cheap around here. Um, and so I use that towards my advantage. I'm like, look, if everyone else is going to go after Brett and, and pay whatever prices they were back then or even Chiefs players and stuff, then I'm going to be that Ricky guy. Um, and go in and make deals. Um, and, and so I was able to get acquire basically a collection very, very cheap, um, even as a kid. And even looking back and buying some early rookie cards, I mean, 10, 12 bucks, um, you know, and at that time, sure, I was probably like, oh my gosh, that's a lot, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, and, but, I, the, but the condition wasn't always the most important to me when I was younger. So as I got more mature into the hobby, you know, I had to go back and, and get some higher condition cards, but I was also one to, to at a very early age, know to protect the cards. Um, I still have my original binder today, um, which I absolutely love. I mean, it has all the original stickers and drawings and things that I did a, a, as Ricky, a, you know, as an eight and nine year old. Um, and when I look at that binder today, it's, you know, kind of falling apart a little bit. But but that history is all there, and it brings me right back to that moment. Like I remember putting the stickers in that exact spot on the on you know the spine of the binder, um, and and so as the collection started to grow, it was all cards at the beginning. I never got into memorabilia; didn't really know what that was, frankly. Um, there was no access to that here. Um, uh, there was no eBay. You know, it's whatever was at that local card store, um, and uh, the few shows a year. And I only went to ones here in Kansas City. 
was my access to the hobby world at that time. Um, and I would say I kind of rode that way um, uh, until I started to work at a baseball card store myself um, during high school. Um, and so that led me into a whole different um, ability to see what else is out there. Uh, not only traveling to different card shows around the country at that point, but also, of course, seeing what everyone was bringing into the card store. Um, and that opened my eyes up to a whole new world of, of new Rickies that were out there that, again, I could acquire very, very cheap uh, work deals in the store. Um, and so just having access like that uh, changed the game. Uh, and then it really, really escalated in 98, at least for me, that's when I opened up my, my eBay account. I think yep. it's actually the very first account, like one of the first ones I ever opened up on the internet was eBay, go figure. Um, and from there, it just really, really took off. Cause now of course, you know, as it grew and grew and became a worldwide audience on that platform, uh, that's where now I could start to get stuff from the East and West coast where, where just, everything was really Ricky heavy, you know, obviously up in the New York area and then all over California. Um, and, and as, and I started to find patterns on when I was buying cards, they were coming from the New Jersey area, New York, or somewhere in California, about 90% of the time. So I knew that's obviously where the market was. Um, and that was my way to finally tap into that market while living here in the Midwest. Uh, and then it just kind of escalated from there as I, as I, um, got older and of course, uh, was able to buy things myself. Um, then, then that's when I started to get into a little bit more of other things other than cards, you know, like magazines and posters, which then led to more memorabilia, um, which led down the autograph path. Um, I never had a Ricky Henderson autograph until, uh, 2002, um, was the first certified card that came out from Donruss. Um, so, I mean, the guy started in 1977, um in minor league baseball and it took until 2002 for a certified autograph ricky henderson card to come out um and now you know every card of his is signed right <laughs> that's the world we live in today uh but that's how it you know basically escalated and has grown over the years to to what it is now what what exactly is it now give, give us a feel for the the scope of your super collection you know how many cards how many autographs how many pieces of memorabilia what's that super collection look like right now so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the, the, the numbers uh, are always, um, always changing. So I probably give a different number every single time, but um, I have over 4,500 unique Ricky Henderson items. Um, most of those are cards um, for sure, but of cards that are out there, there's 11,000, like 600 Ricky Henderson cards in you know, the, the trading card database, which is just insane. Um, and, and so, you know, you know, 4,000, 4,500 of those looks like I'm just a rookie. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, those of course are all the one of ones and all the, you know, all that sort of stuff over the years. Um, but, but every single base card of his that came out during his playing years was, you know, my initial focus. I had to have everything from 1977 to 2003, um, you know, base cards and every single product. Um, and, and as far as I know, I have every single card out there. Um, then it started to turn into, you know, what inserts do I want to get versus what's out there? And then what parallels do I want to get versus what's out there? Um, so I learned very early on that, you know, when the one of ones came out, that was the game changer to me to be like, okay, cool. Obviously there's no way I'm going to have every single card. So let's focus on certain things. So 
I started to focus on green uh, variations, you know, green parallels, anything that color matched his jersey. Sure. So, you know, if if it was Blue Jays blue or Padres navy or orange, like that's what I wanted during that time frame. Um, and 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 so that's how the the card collection has grown to where it is today. Autographs come basically for me. My goal was always to get one at least one autograph out out, out of every single product that comes out. Um, and so what I mean by that is if Ricky Henderson had an autograph in Topps Five Star, for example, uh, which debuted in 2013, um, then then I wanted to have a Topps Five Star autograph. It doesn't mean I need I then need to go get one in 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, because I already got it in 13. Um, and so as tops and as these other manufacturers kind of ebb and flow between their different product lines, uh, my goal was to, was to get an autograph out, out, you know, out of every single product. And there's still a few, I think that are out there, um, just because there's new stuff seems like every single day, but that's how I've kind of narrowed my focus on the card side. Cause otherwise it's completely overwhelming. Um, and you lose your mind. Um, and you know, I think today I'm sitting at around 125 different autograph cards. Um, everything from, you know, uh, Leaf, Donruss, Tops. Um, I don't think I have, I don't think Ricky ever had an upper deck autograph. So not upper deck. Um, but, but yeah, it's a really neat collection from trying to work through those different product lines throughout, throughout the years. Um, and then memorabilia has been whatever, whatever becomes available that I like that I can fit within, you know, either on the wall, I'm very much someone that if I'm going to buy something, I want to be able to display it. I don't want it to go end up in a closet. I don't want it to end up in a box. So in some ways that really helps me because it confines me to a very specific spot on a wall. Um, and if it doesn't fit, then I'm not buying it. Um, and, and so, you know, over the years, I've been able to, to, piece together various items that fit the collection and have a place to be displayed. Um, but I also stay away from really big things like autographed jerseys, for example. I have a whole bunch of jerseys um, from his different teams, but none of them are game used. None of them are autographed. They're just jerseys that I would wear or, or showcase, but I don't hang them on the wall because it would take up my entire basement. Sure. Um, nine different teams, right? So you, you have to be really smart and pick and choose kind of what you want to display. Um, and uh, so that's kind of where that's gone. And then with posters, I've just picked and choose over the years on certain teams that I want to showcase or a certain event of his career, whether it be, you know, the stolen base record or the runs record um, or, you know, a leadoff home run, something that's important to the historic side of, of Ricky or the teams that he played for, you know, 89 world championship, 93 world championship, those sort of things I want to highlight on the wall. Um so that's what covers, you know, three pretty significant size walls within my basement. And all the, all the listeners out there, they're only here in the audio. I'm seeing your background um, behind you, which is full of Ricky memorabilia, paraphernalia and, and such. And so I've got a couple of questions about that, just from kind of what I'm observing. The first question is, the the vast majority of what I can see, you know, we're talking posters, figures, um, eight by tens, a, a variety of things. The vast majority of that all shows Ricky on the A's. Does Ricky on the A's 
is that signify more to you than Ricky on, on any of those other teams that you've mentioned? Like you said, I think eight, right? Eight different teams that he played for. Nine. Most yep, of nine. what I not yeah, most of what I see is is A's related. Is there anything behind that? So for me, I will always view personally Ricky as an athletic, which is fascinating since in 87 when I first saw him, he was a Yankee. Um and, and again, that really just goes back to my ability to see him play more often seemed to be as a, uh, as an athletic. Um, plus, he played for them on four different stints within his 25-year career. He went into the Hall of Fame as an athletic. Um, I was an immediate fan of every team that he played for at the time that he was on their team, right? So I've been in Angels, Dodgers, Red Sox, you know, you name them all. I was a huge fan of that team when Ricky played for them. Um, uh, to this day, you know, I'm a Kansas City Royals and Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? I I have no affiliation with the A's from a from a fandom standpoint right now, right? Um, but if I know that Ricky's going to be at an A's game and be on TV or have some sort of speech or something, you better believe it. I am there. I want to watch. I'm going to find somewhere to see that game, go back and watch it. So again, my affiliation is Ricky, not so much the team. But over the years, of course, the sheer amount of athletic stuff um, highly outweighs everything else. Um, and so of course the stuff that then I'm going to be able to get and acquire more often than not is athletics related. Um, I almost have to seek out if I want something from his very short stint. I mean, he only played 32 games with the angels. Um, so there's not like a lot of memorabilia or options there, but at the same time, there's some great images and I've had like custom work done to have, you know, uh, an angels painting, for example, so, so you have to work kind of the custom angle for some of those other things. Um, you know, Toronto-based stuff is phenomenal. And luckily, I know some folks who have helped with that collection over the years who live there. Otherwise, I have no, no you know, um, access to a lot of the Blue Jays-specific stuff during that era. Um, and, and so it really does have – and, you know, I really do think the green and gold um, from the jerseys and everything else for the A's are just – phenomenal jerseys they always have been even even the early year ones are some of the best jerseys i think in mlb history so when you look at that stuff it definitely resonates with me um and of course the stolen base record i mean my 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 name all over is ricky 939 and that 939 stands for that stolen base record on may 1st 91 and so that iconic image of him holding the base over his head is on like 90 percent of ricky henderson things that you see on the internet um <laughs> And, and while that is a very significant moment, um, there's obviously a lot of other amazing moments that he had throughout his career. But that is a big part of why there's also a lot of A stuff, because that's the image that everyone goes back to. A couple things I want to ask you about, because they look unique to me. They're really standing out from what I can see. Tell me about the batting glove that's above your uh, right shoulder up there, that the green batting glove. Is, is that a kind of game used glove or what's the story sure. behind that glove? That particular one is not, but um, but Mizuno is the maker um, that Ricky was actually an advisory council member for and had an endorsement with for several years. Um, uh, from from you know the late '80s with the with the Yankees, um, and it morphed into his early years with the Athletics, where those green lime green they were called Tech Fire Tech Fire Pros actually. Uh, were a synonymous batting glove with Ricky Henderson. Um, there are many people today that resonate Mizuno batting gloves with Ricky. Um, 
And so it's very iconic. It's literally an iconic piece of Major League Baseball history. I mean, batting gloves weren't a thing for many years. And, and Ricky was one that that made batting gloves super cool. Um, and, and so that iconic Mizuno green is actually a big part of my influence and my collection. Um, any any card art people out there who I've worked with know that I will ask for things. And I literally call the color Mizuno green. And they're kind of like, what? And then I send them a picture. They're like, oh, okay. So I don't call it neon green or lime green. It's Mizuno green. That's just, that's my, my mind says that that is a very specific color. Um, and to this day I have, you know, I, I will collect anything that I don't have Mizuno related. So also up on that wall are, are Mizuno wristbands that are green. Um, on another wall that I'm looking at, I have, you know, some of the early year Mizuno posters. I have Mizuno cleats from 1982 that our game used on autographed. Um, probably one of the favorite uh, memorabilia pieces for sure in the collection. So, uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that, but, but even as a kid in, in little league baseball, I remember going with my parents to four or five different sporting goods stores and going in and asking for, you know, these green batting gloves. And they would look at me like, what, you know, we have blue, we have white, red. I'm like, no, no, no green. And, and the guy literally had to pull out his Mizuno catalog and, and we found them and he ordered them for us. And that was my first time ever having those gloves and I wore them every single day and my team colors were red and gray. And so for me to bust out these green batting gloves, people probably thought I was just absolutely crazy. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that because Mizuno is actually a really, really big influence on, on me and the collection and, and Ricky collectors all over. The next thing I wanted to ask about is the kind of oval cutout to um, your left that looks like it's a, a jumbo sized cutout from the 80 tops rookie card. What what's going on with that? So that is actually one of the most talked about pieces. Every time I, I show that um, a pictures of, of the man cave of steel, it is actually a painted skate deck. Oh, so um, there's an artist by the name of Aaron Hill and, and Aaron has this um, amazing capability to, to, uh, you know, make art on skate decks uh, as well as other mediums, of course. But yeah, he, it, the the detail on that is absolutely incredible down to the autograph. I mean, it's literally a sliver of the 1980 card. And if I were to put that right next to that, it is spot on the way he had that done. Um, and he's done a whole bunch of other players too. And they just turn out absolutely incredible. And, uh, and yeah, when he posted a picture, I think it was a Bo Jackson on Instagram I immediately, within probably minutes, I had sent him a direct message saying, have you ever made a Ricky Henderson? Um, and, and he said no. And, and sure enough, well, it's, it's on the wall now. Um, so yeah, one of, one of my favorite art pieces for sure. Um, and, and, you know, that's the art side of the collection is a big deal to me too. There's only so many pictures on cards and, and so many autographs and things like that 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 honestly to this day i'm kind of numb to it i mean the autographs and autograph the same pictures over and over again get boring quite frankly um so i've spent a significant amount of time and energy over the last several years um working with artists on either custom pieces or buying uh, you know art pieces that they've made of ricky um all unique all different uh the whole card art scene um, I'm a big advocate for. I love working with these creative artists who are taking nostalgic cards and or creating their own cards, which is even more wild to me, 
um, front and back and making new Ricky Henderson things that I know are going to be unique to me and my collection using images that, that, you know, have never been used before. Um, and that's the stuff that still gets me excited today, because if I just had to rely on, you know, the big guys making the same thing over and over and over again, um, I think I would get bored, quite frankly. So I'm so glad that this art scene has kind of happened between, you know, Project 2020 really taking off and, and opening up the world to this whole scene of cards and art um, and mixing those two together. And I've run with it, pun intended. So. Now you mentioned art and card art, and I, I love that because my next question was going to revolve around another, it looks like eight by 10 over your left shoulder. I'm a huge fan of FLIR ProVisions. And last winter, I got a chance to interview Terry Smith, the original artist for all the ProVisions on the podcast. That looks to be one of the, the ProVisions photos there. Tell me about what's, what's the story behind that, that Henderson, what appears to be a, a ProVision 8x10. It is. It's actually an artist proof. Um, Terry Smith signed only a handful of them. And, and Terry is known for keeping, I believe he signed, I might have these numbers off, but I think I'm pretty accurate. Um, I believe he signs 15 artist proofs, keeps 10 for himself. So five become available. Um, and um, he basically had an exclusive um, offer with, with somebody that I ran across with on Instagram who had a, who, who, you know, buys these from Terry and of course resells them. And, and I'm glad I grabbed it when I did, because, you know, it's Beckett authenticated signed by Ricky and signed by Terry wow. full image of, you know, the, 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 what Terry created versus the card where of course it has to be cropped. Yeah. So it's very, very vibrant. Um, Ricky's autograph is as pristine as you can get. And, and having Terry sign it too, is just absolutely amazing. So the fact that he created those, you know, now years ago and how synonymous that set is with, you know, people who grew up in that era, or even if you look at those cards today, you're like, that's some of the coolest art I've ever seen. Um, it is, it is truly like transcendent uh, and timeless. So yeah, amazing. I love that piece. It was for sure going to stand out to me because how much I love ProVision, the chance that I had to, to talk to Terry directly and interview him for the podcast. Now bring you on and connect that too. I love how all of those things come together. That's really cool. Um, we'll have to make sure that, that people can get a chance to, to see an image of that because yeah, that's not something that you get to see every day. I love that a lot. Is there anything in this collection, like these are great stories. I love to hear the passion behind them and the stories behind them. Is there anything that you're still trying to track down, things that you've not been able to get yet, but are kind of top of the list of things you'd love to add to your Henderson collection? Uh, good question. I mean, there's always there's always things out there. Oh my gosh. Um, for, for me, the hardest things to find have been regional items sure um because again based in the midwest uh, it's it's hard to get the regional items that maybe have only were only released in oakland or san diego or new york um and now years ago so even if you do find them uh you know maybe they're not in the best shape um but uh some of those are are like california highway patrol cards i didn't even know that was a thing until about three or four years ago and you know they came out in you know 92 93 94 95 96 97 um and i actually just recently acquired the a's one um 
within the last six months and, and, and was super, super excited to find that. And of course, some guy had like three or four of them lives in California, you know, and it's like for him, he's probably like, Oh yeah. You know, they just handed these out like no big deal. Well, for somebody like me, it was like the Holy grail. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I finally found one. And it's like pristine condition. Um, and along those lines though, there's a, I believe it's either the 96 or 97 California highway patrols Padre set. There's a Ricky in that. Um, and I've never been able to acquire one. I've never seen one for sale. And, and so it's things like that, that, that a, I might not even know that stuff's out there. Um, you, you know, still yet, um, which is just fascinating to me. And, you know, I'm part of a, of a thousand plus user Ricky Henderson collector group on Facebook. And every single day people are posting things where we might not have ever seen it before. And we're some of the biggest Henderson collectors out there. And that's just amazing to me that you know, for as mature as some of our collections are, we are still posting things um, to each other for all of us to just enjoy as Ricky Henderson fans that some of us have never seen before, but um, we've had access to because of where we live or, or just opportunities. Um, and so there are many things like that, you know, regional based things that I, that I would love to, to be able to get. Um, there are some rainbows that I'm one or two cards short of that, you know, I'd love to be able to complete. Um, but if I don't, I'm at the point where I'm just at peace, right? I mean, um, if I stopped collecting today, I would totally be at peace with where I'm at. Um, but, but I have no intention of stopping. Um, so, and it is kind of weird. Um, you know, as you look at the number of Ricky Henderson items that have come out, it like grows year over year. I mean, since he's retired, there's more cards now than ever before during his entire playing year combined. He played for 25 years. And so it just compounds year after year after year. Um, but that's kind of where I talked about earlier, that narrow focus of, you know, let me get the base card. Let me get one or two parallels and I'm going to call it a day. And I'm at peace with that. Um, I don't need the one of ones. I don't need, you know, the out of fives. Um, those things are super awesome. And if I'm able to get them and they're, and they, you know, come my way and I'm able to work it out. Cool but I'm not seeking it out, for example. Um, so yeah, that, and again, I'm, I'm just absolutely loving working with various artists because um, there seems to be new ones every single day that I come across that have unique skills. And I'm like, huh, that's something that's unique that I don't have in the collection. Like I never knew I needed a 1980 rookie card made out of leather, but there's an amazing artist who makes cards out of leather and paints them. And I fell in love because I'm like, oh, I got to have a leather card. Why not? Um, so those are the things that I'm, I'm constantly looking for that are unique and fun. Well, if somebody wants to follow along with your journey, or maybe they've got a unique Henderson item that you don't have, where can people get in touch with you? Where can they follow along with what you've got going on? Um, so I'm on social media, you know, so one of my things that I do every single day is I post a new item of the collection, um, every single morning, one item. Um, and I've been doing this for the last, uh, two and a half years now. Um, and so I have about 12 years worth of content. Um, so there's, there's a lot more time left, but uh, you can find me on Twitter and at Instagram. I'm at Ricky 939. Um, and feel free to, you know, follow along if you're interested in any of these items. Uh, some of the things we talked about today, of course, I have pictures on if you go through the media feed. Um, and, you know, I'm always available to uh, direct message if there's somebody that, you know, wants to show me something or um, just talk Ricky. I'm always willing and loving to talk about anything Ricky Henderson, you know, hobby related for sure. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you spending a few minutes tonight 
chatting and I think people are really going to enjoy this. The passion that you've got for Henderson has really come through and there's some pretty cool stories about some of these, these unique pieces that you've got. So thanks again, Kim, for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate the opportunity. Like the athletes we admire, the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave game room is the perfect place to throw a rip party, bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sports card shop or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products, and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports, and the hobby around the world. Thanks again to Kent for joining me to talk about his Henderson Super Collection. If you've got a Super Collection of your own that you'd like to come on and talk with me about, Reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me on TikTok and Instagram at WaxPackHero. And I would love to hear about what that is. And we can talk about you joining me and having a conversation for, for the show where everybody else can get a chance to experience your passion and what you've been putting together. Well, that is all I have for you today. So I'll catch you next time.